Dr. Tommy Watson, welcome to Resilient Stories Podcast, where we share the grit and glory behind the stories of amazing people like you who have bounced back from failure and adversity to go and live their best lives on purpose. Today's show is being sponsored by Million Dollar Business Pathway, where we believe everyone has a story to tell and to sell. If you want to learn how to tell and sell your story, go to tawatson.com under the programs and products tag, click on the Million Dollar Business, get yourself started. Okay, are you guys ready for another amazing episode today? Joining me, I have my one and only strength coach who killed me back in college guy i love dearly he's still around looking good hasn't aged at all coach <laughs> kevin yoxal how are you coach i'm doing great tommy it's so good to see you i'm doing Man, fantastic couldn't be it's better. good to see you it's good to see you you haven't aged one bit coach you're looking good over there <laughs> yeah okay I, I'll, I'll take that i'll take that at 61 years of age <laughs> looking great coach so why don't you introduce the audience to yourself let us know who you are okay kevin yoxal as tommy said i've been a strength conditioning coach now for 33 plus years. Wow. Um, currently, I'm not coaching. I'm a sales rep for an equipment company, and uh, that's going well. I live in Waco, Texas, uh, but I've coached, uh, gosh, started out at TCU, coached Tommy at Minnesota, went to UCLA, was at Auburn for the majority of my career. I was at Auburn for 14 years, won national championship at Auburn. All these places, I was a head strength coach. Um, once, once things changed for us at Auburn, and we had to we were given the opportunity to seek employment elsewhere, as we like to say in my business. We, uh, <laughs> my wife and I are native Texans. We hadn't been back to Texas in over well over 20 years. So we, we just made it a goal to move back to Texas. So I've coached at various high schools. I have coached at Rice University as well in Texas. So five universities and uh, three different high schools. And then I did a short stint in the XFL I uh, thought that was going good. You know, we were really excited about it, but just like everybody else has been through struggles with COVID, yes, they did it too, and and it got shut down. I was really disappointed because it was in my hometown. I was in Dallas, and so, uh, you know, I was coaching in Dallas where I grew up, and so my, you know, at that point, my coaching career had kind of made full circle, and I thought, God, that's pretty cool, you know, uh, <laughs> and it got shut down, so came back here to Waco. Waco's kind of in the center of Texas, and um my wife is a deaf ed, uh, the deaf education liaison here in the district. Wow. The job that I had at Midway High School here in the district, you know, I had left that job. So they had hired somebody to replace me. So there wasn't anything available. And, and then a friend of mine, um, who actually you talk about, you know, I know we're going to talk about relationships quite a bit today. A guy that had been an assistant with me at UCLA was working for this company, Dynamic Fitness and Strength. And they didn't have a Texas rep. And, um, he convinced me to come work for him, and I've just got a lot of coaching connections down here. So I've been repping their their stuff, and it's a little bit, you know, and it, it, it it's it's got a it's a double edged sword. Mm-hmm. It's a huge learning experience for me because I can sit down right now and I can write out a program for you and send it to you later on today, and I'm, we're good. But to quote weightlifting equipment and and all the different things mm-hmm. that go into that computer, it's a whole new deal. But really, for a guy like me. At this point, that challenge is, is huge, you know. And so, it was just like when I took the XFL job, I was working with a whole different type of athlete at that point. These guys were, you know, when I coached you guys, 
And when I coached in high school, you know, you got boys and girls, men and women that are younger. When you get into the pros, um, even though it was a startup league, we had guys that were in their 30s. You know, our quarterback was Landry Jones was 30 years old, I think, at this point. So, you know, with everything they've been through, I had to kind of shift gears. My job right now, I've kind of had to shift gears as well. And it's been challenging, but that's, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Wow. So you're, you're just rocking along to meet the challenge. If, if there's anyone who can meet the challenge, you're the guy out there for it, though, Coach. Yeah, got uh, been married 35 years wow. and two kids. Now, you're not going to believe that. I, I think uh, my daughter was born in Minnesota. Wow. And she's 25 years old now. Is she now? Wow. Harley. Yeah. Yeah, because wow. I remember I remember she was born on July the 2nd, and she wow. was late. She was late. And so we had to decide to induce labor. And I remember telling you guys, I'd, I'd gone to an appointment with my wife on Thursday. And the doctor said, well, if this baby's not born by today or tomorrow, we're going to have to induce labor. And she goes, when would you like to do that? She, Nancy turned and looked at me and she goes, well, you're in charge. When are, when are we going to have this baby? I said, well, <laughs> let's have it on Saturday or Sunday. That way I don't have to miss work. And I remember telling you guys on Friday, I gathered y'all up and I said, I know you, because somebody was putting together a betting pool or something about if I would miss work or what, you know, whatnot. And I said, my daughter's going to be born on Sunday and I'll see you guys on Monday. <laughs> and she was born on Sunday. So she's, she's 25 now, Tommy. That is and awesome. Our son, our son is 30. Wow. So both live in the Dallas Dallas Fort Worth area. My daughter's a personal trainer, if you can believe that. Wow. So she time went to my flies. business. Yeah. Time well, flies. I know you got I know you got a bunch of kids and yeah. different ages and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, well, and we got a we got a, a full house around here where I'm at. You know, keeping us busy here as well though. <laughs> That's good. Coach, like I said, it's an honor having you on. And for the, for the folks out there, um, Coach Yaksaw, we go back almost 30 years now. So it's great yeah. seeing him. He got a chance yeah. to kind of see me come of age as a young man come out of high school at the age of 18 years old, struggling to make the transition to college football player. And uh, it's just amazing to be able to come back. And, and you know, the funny thing is, uh, several weeks ago, I actually wrote Coach Yaxal and just told him um, how much I loved him and, and appreciated him as a person because he, he is one of the coaches um, who is connected with all of us still. And he actually tells us that he loves us. So how many, how many coaches did you get a chance to have them tell you that you love them out there? You know, and it, it, was, it meant so much for me having them on the show today because I, oftentimes in our society, we see a lot of coaches, whether it be professional or college or high school, and we don't know the ins and outs of their stories. We see them as human beings that show up on Fridays or Saturdays or Sundays, and then we don't necessarily go into the backstories of how they got there and some of the struggles that they endured. So I wanted him to come on today and share a little bit more of his story so we can get to know him on a more deeper and personal level. So Coach Yox, I want to start with first question is what's been the biggest obstacle you've had to overcome personally or professionally in your life? If you can tell us about that, please. Well, you know, I've been so blessed and I know a lot of people say that. And sometimes that's just kind of lip service and stuff like that. But, you know, as I looked over your questionnaire and stuff, I thought, I, man, I've, I've had a good, you yeah. know, raised, raised by great parents, mm -hmm. uh, you know, grew up in a big family where we're all, there's five of us, five kids, and we're all within gosh 10 years of each other so we I mean we all grew up right there together and um you know so coming up not many challenges I think that you know and as I reflected the biggest challenge I had it didn't happen really until I was uh I mean 
the biggest professional personal challenge I had really didn't happen until we got let go at Auburn. Yeah. I was 54 years old. And, and, you know, in coaching, we have a saying that there's coaches that are going to, or have been fired or you're going to be fired. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's just reality of coaching. And up to that point, I had made my own choice, mm -hmm. you know, and I mean, there was, there were some times that we just talked to TCU and off in uh, Minnesota where we were like, you know, sitting around the coaching staff table going, well, what do you think's going to happen? Well, hell, I don't know what's going to happen, you know, where we, you know, we, but, you know, we never got fired. And then at Auburn, we, we had some great, great years. And then we ended mm -hmm. up having the, that one year that was just terrible. And here I am, I'm 54 years old and I get fired. And, and some, a lot of professions are different when you get fired. And when you're in strength conditioning and you're in your fifties, there's a perception that, hey, that guy, maybe that guy's going to slow down a little bit because it's a physical job. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, and, and uh, there's, and quite honestly, there's a lot of things now at 61 demonstrating wise in the weight room that you probably saw me do that 30 years ago. Yeah. I don't do those kind of things anymore. I don't, I don't demonstrate an agility drill anymore or anything like that. But anyway, there's a perception out there that <clears throat> maybe, maybe a coach has slowed down and, and there's a perception with getting fired not only as a football coach or basketball coach, but there's a certain per perception about getting fired as a strength coach, strength and conditioning coach. Wow. And that was a, I mean, that was a huge blow. I was just all of a sudden, I, you know, and of course I, I was under contract and I was paid well and all that kind of stuff. And so they still owed me money, but I mean, that was a big blow and it. And I was in a funk for a while. And you, know, you talk about being blessed with a partner in life. My wife finally just reeled me in and she said, look, We'll go back to Texas. You're still getting paid. You have a great reputation. Mm -hmm. Everything's going to work out. But that was probably my biggest professional slash personal blow was, was when I got let go. You wow. Know, that, was, that was hard, man. And, you know, you, you've made this life for 14 years in Alabama. And now what are you going to do? Right. You know? And uh, anyway, so that was a tough one to, to get over. But, you know, we just tried to, we just, we used, we finally got to the point, or I did. My wife was already there, but where, you know, one door closes, another one opens up. And so, you know, we got back here to Texas and that's been just such a blessing being back to Texas. Our kids uh, both decided on their own to go to TCU anyway. Okay. And so our son was here when we, when we left uh, Auburn and then our daughter ended up going to TCU and, you know, we're both from Texas. So we've been, we've been back with our families now for eight plus years. That and that amazing. was a blessing part of it. But yeah, maybe mm -hmm. I'd, I didn't work in the jobs where I was making the kind of money or having the kind of prestige of being at Auburn university, but those things happen, you know, in coaching. And so that's, that's kind of how we turned it around and made a whole new uh, group of friends and stuff. And, and the other thing is reconnecting with, with people that we had been away from for so long. Yeah. And coach, you know, and I really appreciate you sharing that story because oftentimes uh, folks in the public, we hear about coaches being fired with the high school level college or, uh, professional uh, level, we don't necessarily see what happens when they walk out that door. Mm -hmm. uh, talk to us about some of the feelings and emotions you had when that happened. You just came off winning a national championship, you know? Yeah, we were two years, won the championship in, uh, yeah. in, in 11, well, I mean, January of 11, but it was a season of 2010. Yeah. Won the national championship. Next year, we go to the Chick-fil-A Bowl, great bowl in Atlanta. And then the next year we were, we weren't very good. We were, we went down three and eight. Well, if you're a place like Auburn, yeah. that's just not acceptable. Um, 
my emotions, uh, I was, <laughs> I was pretty fired up. I was upset that we got let go just after that one, one bad year, mm -hmm. you know, it was just really devastating that they were going to do that. And so my, my immediate emotions were, were one of a lot of anger. And, mm -hmm. you know, if you know the history, I worked for one guy, Tommy Tuberville for 10 years, he left. And then when Gene Chizik came in, that's who we won the national championship. Chis Coach Chizik had been there before as our defensive coordinator. Okay. And he, and even when he came in, I was like, oh, I don't know if he's going to keep me because he, he was coming from Ohio State. He had his own strength coach. And generally, strength coaches follow the head coach, especially at a power five school. So I thought he was going to bring his coach from uh, Iowa State, went in there to meet him after his big press conference day and had all my files, went in there like it was an interview and, and fully expected him to say, Yox, we appreciate it, but I'm going to bring so-and-so in from Ohio, or Iowa State. And thank you. You know, I, I sat down and, and, uh, and he started talking to me about off season and the way the conversation was going, he was talking about what we were going to do. He and I for off season, uh -huh. I said, Coach, are you telling me I'm staying? He goes, well, yeah, you're staying. He goes, you're, you're not leaving. So, so I was retained and there's a reason why I'm telling y'all. So fast forward to 2012, when the st staff gets fired, we rehire a guy that was our offensive coordinator for the national championship team, Gus Malzahn, who just recently got let go. Gus comes in. Well, when Gus left to go to Arkansas State, he took my assistant with him. He came and asked, he said, hey, what about your assistant? I said, coach, he's, man, Ryan's ready to go, take him. Mm -hmm. They were gone for one year, right? Then Gus comes back to, to replace Coach Chiswick and so I thought, man, am I going to, I'm going to, am I going to dodge this bullet again or what? Uh -huh. Very talented strength coach. And Gus brought me in that next morning, same scenario, coat and tie, went in there like it was going to be an interview. And, and it turned out to be my dismissal. Gus just said, Hey, I'm going to bring Ryan back and we appreciate it. Yox. But, and I was, I was, had a lot of emotion. I was angry. I was, and, and I was, I was a head strength coach over all the sports, but I just did football. So, so I went to the AD and I said, well, Gus has told me I'm not doing football, but I'm, I'll pick up some other sports. Right. And he goes, no, Yox, we're, we're letting you go. completely." Wow. Wow. And again, wow. I still was under contract and those kind of things are nice that you have a little cushion there, but yeah, I was, I had a lot of emotion. I, but I knew this, I wasn't going to leave there kicking and screaming and all that. I thanked everybody. And, and I went out on the high road as they call it, but it was tough. It was hard. Wow. And thanks for sharing that, Coach. I really appreciate that. So as you were going through the transition of, of being let go from Auburn and getting beyond that, what's were some of the coping mechanisms that you kind of um, turned to to kind of help you with the transition, though? What, what did you turn to? What, what did well, you and I'd like to be able to tell you that I had a plan in all this, yeah. you know, but I did. One was number one, numero uno was my wife. Yeah you know, just being there every day and just kind of let me have my space. But at the same time, you know, kind of navigating me as well, you yeah. know, in terms of, uh, you know, hey, you're not just going to sit around here. Auburn's a small place, you know, there's not a whole lot to do there. And our daughter still had some time. It was December and she was graduating from high school that that May. And so we were going to be there. We weren't leaving. Um, and it's a small place. So I kept myself busy. I'll tell you one thing I did was over all these years, and when you're coaching at a place like that, 
um, as the head strength coach, recruiting has gotten to be such a such a force, such an animal, so time consuming uh-huh. that other than going to our yearly convention and talking shop with coaches for three days a year, I hadn't gone out to see what other people were doing. Okay. So here I am, I'm getting paid, still got benefits, uh, living in, you know, we're, we're only, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Auburn, but it's about two hours from the Atlanta airport. Okay. So even though it was on my own dime, I just started going all over the country and seeing coaches. Hmm. I mean, we could afford, I was getting paid well enough to where we could afford to do it. Uh I certainly had the time. So I guess that, you know, and again, it wasn't planned, but that was one way that I kind of coped with it. I thought, okay, well, if I need to have some more tools in my toolbox, I need to go see what other guys are doing. Uh, And and Auburn is the place where I could drive to Clemson in one day and and be there all day and then drive back. Um, Same with, uh, well, you know, case in point, if any of your listeners realize it, but, and I'm biased, but the greatest college rivalry ever in the history of the world is Auburn, Alabama. That's a pretty good one. Yeah. Say what you want about Minnesota and Wisconsin. You say what you want about SC and UCLA. I've been a part of all those. Uh-huh. Alabama, Auburn, it's it's something else. I mean, it's a it's an animal in and of itself. Well, I called the uh, I called the strength coach that was there at the time, and I said, "Hey, man, I'd love to come see you work." And he said, well, coach, I don't know. I'm going to have to ask coach Saban. And I said, okay, well, just remind him I don't work at Auburn anymore. And uh three hour drive. And um, I went and watched uh, Alabama work out for two or three days. Saban was like, well, he doesn't work there anymore. He can come through. Wow. So, wow. you know, I just kind of coped with, that was probably the main way that I coped with it. Um, mm-hmm. Had a lot of time personally to train myself. And so I tried a lot of things, uh, you know, training wise that I just you know most days I had about 30 or 45 minutes to get done physically whatever I could get done now all of a sudden I had a lot of time to try things so I just you know those were the main things I did I went and saw people and and uh you know just took care of myself physically and then of course was on the internet looking for jobs too and and the thing that that helped us focus was we knew we were going to Texas okay and awesome. so we really locked in on where we would go to go in Texas and, and all that. So, and then of course, selling our house, we were very fortunate. We sold our house in four days. Wow. So yeah, that was a blessing. Wow. You know, I, and I thought, well, after getting let go that we deserve that. So right, absolutely. <laughs> Coach, it sounds like your wife was your rock for you during that time. Do you, no doubt. you remember, you remember any piece of advice that she gave you that really just stood out to help you get through that moment? You know, I saw that on the on your sheet, and and it's you know once you've been married as long as you know I have, mm-hmm. there's not really any one thing that she's just there, mm-hmm. you know, for whatever I needed, man. She was, she was just there, and and um, and just almost every day, hey, you're gonna get through this, you're gonna be okay, yes. and then and then you know then the whole thing of of going and see other coaches and job hunting, it kind of takes a life of his own too. And, and the really, you know, I keep mentioning, I'm not trying to harp on it, but the really good thing for me was that, you know, you're still receiving a, a, a stipend or a salary and that helps. I mean, that, that helps a great deal. You know, I don't know, I've never been in a situation where 
I've been let go and I didn't have that sure. coming in. But, but, you know, there's not one thing she said to me that other than I love you okay. that stands out, but um, she was just there every day. Hey, what are you going to do? What, what are we working on today? That's awesome. That's awesome. That Coach, how do you think that event changed you as a person? Well, you know, I, I um, not that I've, not that I've never appreciated where I worked, mm -hmm. but I think it, it just helped me focus in on, um, you know, just locking in and, and I don't say, and I don't even remember if I said this to you guys, but for the longest time, <clears throat> I purposely got rid of saying, Hey, it's the little things. You got to work on the little things. I tell athletes, I tell students that I've worked with, I tell people that work have worked underneath me. It's the detail. Hmm. You got to work on the details. Hmm. And I think if anything, I, I became a lot, and a lot of people find this hard to believe, um, but I came became a lot more organized than I ever have in terms of just creating workouts, making sure details were, were taken care of. And, and, you know, my transition, other than coming, my transition back to Texas, other than Rice University, where if you train a Rice, if you train a Rice athlete, it's a different, it's a different guy and, and woman. I mean, because of the, you know, it's, it's the, it's the Stanford of, of the Southwest, you know, I mean, in terms of the students I get. And so I, I didn't have too many kids there that, that I had to remind about details, sure. but my other positions have all been high school positions. And so you might have that so-called five-star in my first year here in, in Waco at Midway High School, we had a bunch of five-star kids, okay? But then you might have them at 7.30 in the morning. At 11 o'clock, you got, you got a bunch of knucklehead um, ninth graders coming in. They all weigh about 75 or 95 pounds. They don't know, they don't know what the heck they're doing. And you talk about having to really hone in and get them locked in on details. Sure. My high school job is where I, I just really broke things down where, you know, in college with you guys, we could move from one thing to another pretty quick in terms of learning about a certain technique and stuff like that. High school kids, oh Lord, you gotta, you gotta break it down into details. Wow. And, and for a, a while there, my patience wasn't very good with it. But at this point now, my patience for it is really good. And, and the kids get kind of, you know, they get a little, a little antsy and a little bored with it, but I just keep telling them, Hey, this could all make sense down the road. So I think if anything, it's, it taught me to really break some, break things down in detail and have a higher appreciation for the process of that. Sure. And, and that's very surprising because coach Yox was very detail oriented when we were at the university of Minnesota. So that's surprising though. Yeah. And you know what? That was before I knew how to use a computer. You ought to see me now. <laughs> You're good at it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about, Coach. So, Coach, as you look back on your transition from Auburn to where you are today, would you do anything differently? Yeah, I tell you what, this is, you know, I get that question from a lot of, I call them younger strength coaches. Anybody, you know, if the strength coach is under 60, he's a younger strength coach than <laughs> me now. But, but, and I had this conversation the other day. If we're talking about professionally, okay. I would have tried to make a few more inroads uh, for myself into administration, okay. into some type of athletic administration. Okay. And there's been a couple of jobs that I've applied for that have been AD, athletic director positions at high schools. And I've, and I've made the argument that as a, as a strength coach at a place like Auburn University, 
I was in charge of four weight rooms. We had, I don't know, we had 700 athletes, something like that. And I had four full-time staffs at each weight room. Wow. And so, you know, and then you got budget and then all of a sudden you're asked to be on a search committee. You're asked to be on a drug testing committee, you know, strength coaches like athletic trainers. I'll, I'll give the, I'll give the athletic trainers a shout out too. We administratively, there's a lot more that we do than people realize. Sure. And I, I would have tried to go to see my ADs and my assistant ADs and say, Hey, is there anything I can help you out with? Cause down the road, I'd like to, you know, get into administration. And I think for some people that needs to be, you know, a goal of theirs to become an assistant AD or, a, um, you know, or a full, you know, the head, the head guy or sports information or something like that. So I would have, I would have tried to learn more stuff, even though I did learn a lot of administrative stuff, right. Sure. Learn what that's all about. That's what I professionally, that's what I would have done personally. Uh, probably would have made more time for myself and my family, okay. which which I've done, which I have done, and, and it's it's a little bit again double-edged sword, unfortunate because by the time we, I was able to slow down because the high school the high school schedule is not as rigid as as college, especially with recruiting. Like I said, with recruiting, it was a man. It became you know whereas when we recruited you guys, big group on Saturday. You meet mom and dad, you meet, you know, whoever their guardians are, stuff like that. And it's a big group and it's one big thing. Well, now recruiting at, at a place like Minnesota, it's seven days a week that you're seeing recruits. They're coming in now with the little bitty groups and you're having to make this speech four or five times a day. And then you're also coaching, you know, and I would have, uh, I would have made more time um, for my family. That I, when they were growing up, that's that if I could change that, I really, really wish I could have, but I, I can't. And so now I just, you know, I tell my kids that all the time and they, it doesn't seem to affect them. They, they still come around. They still, still love that. That's, that's awesome. They still love pops. That's right. You know, and coach, I really, really appreciate your transparency and your honesty and sharing this story because again, like sure. I said, outside public, we hear about coaches getting fired all the time. We don't necessarily think about the uh, behind the scenes aspects of, what goes on right. coach we're coming off a year 2020 where people have lost family members lost possessions lost yeah. confidence lost courage uh lost a lot mm -hmm. what type of advice would you give those folks to keep fighting and continuing on to make sure that 2020 2021 becomes a year of winning well i look at it this way what you know what choice do we have hmm. i mean you yeah you, we do have choices yeah. but uh i tend to i'm, I'm going to go with the, the better end of those choices you just got to make the best of what you can. I, and I think what people, they just, they, we're still going to, we're still going through this pandemic. Mm -hmm. um, this, this whole election that just supposedly got resolved, you know, that's a whole discussion of itself. You know uh, it's, it's a little bit of the proverbial, it is what it is. And it all comes down to how you individually are going to deal with it. Mm -hmm. Um and, you know, I just tend to have a better, a positive attitude about it in that we're going to get through it, but you know what, this may take a heck of a long time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I get, I get worn out by the people that, you know, they get upset about having to wear a mask. They, you know, you know what, just, just do it, man. Just try to help the, the cause of getting through it. Sure, just sure. like our, our president elect, you know what, whether you voted for him or you didn't, he's the president supporting let's get 
let's get this thing done. You know, so I, I just, I look at it as what, what choice do you have? You know, we can, we can make the choice that, and again, I'm, I'm going to be careful about what I say, but what a bunch of people made last week in Washington, DC and be destructive, that doesn't do anything. Look, look what that's done. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We're, we're, I, I watched so many presidential uh, inauguration days and now it, it's not going to be the same, unfortunately. So that last week, that didn't do anything, mm-hmm. you know, and I know you probably <laughs> you probably hear about that now. I really don't care. But, uh, <laughs> that thing was just appalling. And yeah. I, I just don't know, you know, what I don't know the answer, but I do know this. I'm going to, you know, I. I'm trying to, I am, I've always been a kind of an open book and friendly to people and stuff. I know, I know back then you guys saw my demeanor in a little bit different way, but, but um, I've really tried in these last months to just with people I don't even know, talk to them. Hey, how's your day? How are you doing today? You know, Um, because so many people out there just, it's like they're bummed out all the time, you know? Yeah. I just try to outwardly try to be friendly to people. And some people just kind of, they'll turn and look at you and like, Oh, Hey, thanks. You know? And then there's other people, they still want to be bummed out, you know? Yeah. And if that's the case, I don't have time for you. <laughs> Absolutely. But you know, I'll coach, you, you, know, you know, something that's really important though, that we have a choice that we have a choice, no matter how tough things have gone. Um, we have a choice to, 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 you know, create our attitude. I mean, I lost my father in 2020. I lost my mm-hmm. sister in 2020, but the choice, is still mine in terms of how I'm going to proceed forward. So folks right. out there, you are coming off a tough year. I want to encourage you guys to uh, take the advice of my coach, uh, coach Kevin Yoxell, and really um, make the choice to make 2021 to be a much better year. And I know that things have been tough. The struggle has been real, uh, but we believe in you got to believe in yourselves and you got to keep going uh, as, as much as you possibly can. So again, uh, national championship coach, Kevin Yoxell. Uh, coach, we talked about some tough stuff. You ready to have some fun now? Yeah, sure. All right, we're going to have some fun now. This I is think. <laughs> the segment of the show is called um, our rapid fire purpose questions. So I'm going <clears> to, <throat> I'm going to shoot questions at you. I'm not going to follow up on those questions and all, all right. we want to hear, we want to hear your best answer to each of these questions. All right. You ready? Oh Lord. You need some water at all? Take some water. I hope, I hope no old familiar names come up. <laughs> these are just purpose, purpose driven questions though. All right. Gives us a chance to get a chance to get to know you a little better. All right. Coach, tell us how you have turned a dream into reality. You know what? Uh, I wanted to become a strength coach. I taught special ed for a long time. Wanted to become a strength coach. I had a buddy that was a head strength coach at TCU. My wife and I went to a ball game there. I went right down the field, talked to him about uh, how do I do this? And he turned around and he said, well, I, I've got an opening for a graduate assistant job. When can you be here? Wow. And that was it during the football season. I joined the TCU staff as a GA in June. Wow. I just walked right down there and just said, Hey, how, how do I, how do I do this? Awesome. What gives your life meaning? My family. What word describes you? What word describes? Uh, I think what I just said, uh, just detailed. Okay. What problem do you want to solve in our world? I, you know, kind of like what we just talked about. I don't know if there's any straight word for it, but just, man, get along. You know, let's let's solve some of these issues we've got. Things racially and just all these things we got going on. We got to come together. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, coach. What was your favorite thing to do as a kid? Uh, work out. Okay. <laughs> what do you wish you had more time to do now? 
Um, you know, as you get older, you want to have time for to to get around, and and that's one thing that's been good about being back in Texas. We were gone so long, and now this job I have, I do get around and see things. But I'd like to take my wife with me and see those things. Awesome. What does your 15 year old self imagine you'd be doing right now? Oh man, 15. Oh gosh. I and I, you know, my dad went to his grave waiting from our son Colin to, to deliver the paybacks to me that I, you know, all my transgressions, he never did. Uh, what would, oh man, my 15 year old self be doing? You know what? Uh, I had, I was going to join them. I, I thought about joining the military because I had no, I had no desire to go to college, wow. I had no desire. And then, and then I found, I worked as a volunteer when I was a senior in high school uh, at a special ed school. That's what changed it for me. Wow. Yeah. If you had to teach something, what would you teach? I'd teach special ed. Yeah. Okay. That's what I majored in. So who inspires you the most? Inspires me the most. Right now, my mother. Okay. Awesome. I, I seen her. She's good looking. Yes. Amazing <laughs> lady. Yes. Amazing. She's battling cancer and she she you wouldn't know it. Amazing. Thanks for sharing that, coach. Um What's something about yourself would be that would be surprising for us to learn about you? Oh man, I'm probably a little more spiritual than people think. Oh, awesome. What's on your bucket list to do within the next year? Oh man, next year. Well, uh, part of it is this job. Get better at this sales rep job that I'm doing. I just I, I feel lost most days, but trying to get better at. It. Awesome. What's something you'll spend your time doing no matter what? Mm, taking care of myself physically. Okay. No matter what. Okay. What would you like your grandchildren to say about you? Well, first they got to call me, sir. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that I'm, that I'm just loving and caring. Oh. Yeah. Awesome. If you were not there yet, we're not there yet, but you're getting there on your, yeah. on your way there. If you were a superhero, what would your superpower be? Oh, man. What would my superpower Just strength, okay. physical strength. Good. If I were to walk around your home right now, what clues would reveal to me what it is that you love? Uh, well, you go in my garage, man. You see, you probably see some weights that you used at Minnesota. <laughs> I've collected stuff everywhere I've been. So you'd see weights. And then this, this room that I'm in is kind of my it's a guest room, but it's kind of my office. And we've got right behind me, we've got, I got my Minnesota helmet up there. I've got all my helmets. So you, you know, I was a coach. Love football. Yes. Coach, what do you love to learn about? You know, I, I, I still love reading about, um, just reading about strength and conditioning. I know your, your listeners are probably going, good Lord, <laughs> is he doing anything else? But um, I will make a recommendation. So my, my mother-in-law has given me a, kind of a sports related book every Christmas. So for 35 years, she gave me a book called The Boys in the Boat. Boys in the Boat. The Boys in the Boat. Okay, this is about the 1936 eight man rowing team from Washington, University of Washington. They won the gold medal in the Berlin Olympics. Wow. It's about them and how they came together. And not only is that a great story, but it talks about how Germany was the time as Hitler was coming into power. And it's it is it's really really it's really interesting about the relationships of the guys 
And it's really interesting to see how Hitler came into power and some of the parallels that we see these days. Wow, that's, that's interesting. That's as political as I'm going to get. Yes. <laughs> what sparks your creativity? What's that? What sparks your creativity? Uh, what sparks my creativity? I think just conversation, being mm -hmm. able to see friends and, and just relax and have a good time and talk about whatever. Yeah. Coach, if you became president today, what law would you pass first? What law would I pass first? It would have to, it would have to have something to do with um, all the, the racial injustices that, that we've been seeing. And, and um, I'm, I'm not a defund police person, but I'm certainly a, a reform person. And I just think there's, they're just training wise, man. There's just, and, and again, I've had a lot of friends in law enforcement, never been in it, but there's just gotta be some, some reforming going on with certain individuals. Sure, absolutely. Um, if you could follow someone around for a day, who would it be and why? Oh man, that's a, that's really good. If I could follow someone around, Whew, man alive. Uh, gosh, I'm, I, boy, Tommy, I'm, I'm not quite sure on that one. Um, golly, man, who could I follow around? You know, I guess to, just to get a better sense of it, um, whoever is actually leading this country, you know, whoever the president, I think that would be, I'm reading a book, uh, uh, Obama's latest book right now and, uh, just getting into it. And it's really, really interesting because awesome. he's just, he, he's, he's just talking like a regular guy, you know, and he's going through his early life right now, which is really interesting. Awesome. Yeah. Coach, what do you love to do for others? <clears throat> you know, just be nice, man. Just, you know, whatever you can do to, to help people out. I think I shocked a lady the other day. I was in, um, I was in Austin and um, lady had, I was pulling in to have lunch and here was this lady. She looked to be maybe a little bit younger than me and a little tiny, tiny lady, next to this van and, and she had a flat tire and she was on the phone and I pulled up and, and, you know, you, you gotta be careful how you approach people. Sure. You know? And I walked up and I said, ma'am, can I help you? Can I help you with that tire? Well, she didn't speak English mm. and uh, she was Hispanic. And so, you know, you're in Texas, you, you, you're not bilingual by, uh, by birth, but if you're in Texas, you're going to, you're going to be able to speak a little Poquito, Hispanic. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh, anyway, we got through it and went to change the tire. And she, you know, she just had this surprised look on her face. But I thought, hey, this is just, just pay forward, man, as much as you can. Now, sometimes, is it is it convenient? Do you do it because it's convenient, or do you do it because it's the right thing to do? Ah, there's, you know, there's different things that come up. But this wasn't out of convenience. I was going in to eat lunch. Yes. There was this woman, and she was in need. So I just like. I like being nice to people. Good, thanks. Coach, what's the best gift someone's ever given you? Oh, boy. I've got so many of them. Mm -hmm. My kids. Yeah. Good. My wife. Yeah. What's the best compliment you've ever received? Uh, mm, boy, been fortunate. Hearing from ex-players about what they mean. Yeah, yeah. What, what I mean to them. Yeah, absolutely. 
What's one thing you've never been afraid to do, Coach? Never been afraid to do. Never been afraid to do. Man, never been afraid to do. Well, it's probably, you know, challenges in the weight room. I mean, you know, things like that. I've never, never shied away from that. That's why, you know, in my job, there was times I would get so frustrated with, with guys and girls that would be, you know, a little intimidated by it. I just never have quite understood that. And I don't know why. And that's probably why my body feels the way it does now. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt about it. Coach, what moment are you most proud of from your childhood? From my childhood? Yeah. What moment are you most proud of from your childhood? Mm, 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 mm. I guess really graduating, because like I said, I mean, I tell people this, guys like you and, and uh, female athletes I've had too, I, I tell them you know, about some of the stupid things I did in high school, and they're really kind of surprised, because a lot of people think that I've been in the military and I've, you know, all this stuff. And I guess graduating from, from high school was a big deal because I didn't find out I was going to actually graduate till a couple of days before wow. from a, from an academic and behavioral standpoint. Okay. <laughs> so um, that was a, that was a big deal. Good that was huge. Yeah. What does success look like for you? You know, just, um, I mean, I was thinking about this the other day. Um, success is just, I think it's a mindset more than anything, mm -hmm. you know, and, and again, going way back to your, some of your original stuff about, your original questions about, you know, biggest challenges I faced. I mean, I went from being in a job at Auburn where at the time, and I'm not, you know me, Tommy, and a lot of your listeners don't know me, but I'm not saying this from a bragging standpoint, okay? But at that time, I was probably in the top five paid strength coaches in the country, mm -hmm. okay? And I went from, from that to potentially you know, not being able to do that ever again, which I haven't, you know, and a lot of people would view that as, well, you're not successful. You're not being paid the way you used to be paid. And that took some time to get over that, to be honest with you. It really did. That took some time. But, but I think it's all in a mindset of how you feel where you are in, in your life and, and what you're doing and, and things like that. I think that's how I view success more than anything. And then, and then how your kids are. You know yeah. what? Do you, do you have some good kids? Do you have some kids that are contributors? Are they good people? I think that's a sign of success too. I love it. Coach, if I were to speak to the people who know you best, what would they say your purpose is in life? Oh man, I, you know, I guess I just, I, I think, um, again, I'm not trying to brag, but I think they, you know, I truly care about, to a fault. I, maybe I got a little bit of Jim Wacker in me, I don't know, but, you know, I'm just always, you know, my wife has pointed out there, you know, I'm just always looking out for people. Mm -hmm. You know, I, um, I received some pictures from college uh, Saturday on my drive back from where I, I went to a clinic and uh, received some pictures from college. And, and I spent the whole night sending the texting those pictures out to old friends of mine, you know, and then and then a bunch of guys didn't have each other's numbers. And so I was like sending out numbers. And and I, you know, I think I just, you know, I want people to be comfortable. I want people to be happy. That was awesome. Coach, what's been the biggest lesson you've learned in life? What well, time? That's, I mean, that's a multitude of things, you know, but you just gotta, you know, you just got kind of like we talked about what to do in 2021 and 2022 coming up. Just got to keep on rolling, yeah. you know, and, and just try your best to keep moving forward. And I, I've been guilty of not doing that all the time. 
I mean, I'm not perfect. That's for dang sure. I'm still working on myself, but just, you know, try to keep moving forward. And if, and, you know, if this job that I have right here doesn't work out and they call me up and they say, Hey, Yox, you're not, you're just not selling enough equipment. Well, I got to go find something else to do and I'll find it and, and make sure my family's taken care of and everybody's happy. Sure. You know? And last but not least coach, how do you want to be remembered in history? Mm. Just somebody that cared about people, you know, somebody that worked hard. I've always told people in interview situations that I don't think I have all the, I have a corner of the market and strength conditioning programming, you know, and things like that. But, but nobody's going to outwork me. Nobody can, you know, they're not going to work harder than I am. Yeah. And if that means yeah. something to you, then you need to hire me. So, yeah. you know, just somebody just always worked really hard. Awesome. Coach, you survived. Give yourself a round of applause, buddy. You survived it, man. Great job, Coach. I appreciate job, it. Coach Yox. Folks out there, if you are not inspired after hearing Coach Kevin Yox, I'm not sure what's wrong with you, man. This is a great <laughs> guy. guy I've known for almost 30 years. Been a, uh, instrumental in my life during my formative years, as, uh, coming up as a young collegiate athlete. And, and it's great that I'm still connected to him to this day, though, as well. So, Coach, uh, closing thoughts. The purpose of our podcast is to get people to focus on two things, mm-hmm. resiliency and purpose. What last words can you leave folks with related to those two things? Well, you just got to, you know, you got to figure out what what's going to, A, what's going to make you happy, and B, what, what that level of success is going to be. Mm-hmm. And you just always got to be working on yourself. And, and, you know, no matter how bad things get, you know, it can – it can always be a heck of a lot worse. Right. And, and try not to get to that point where it starts getting worse, but you just gotta, and I know it's, it's easy, you know, the old, the old saying it's easier said than done. And especially in these days, you know, with, with people, so many people on unemployment and things like that. And, and I just look at this, you know, okay, well, if you're on unemployment, then, then you are getting some kind of, you know, subsidy and things like that. Just try to try to make your situation better and do the things that can make it better. If you're doing some things that, that aren't helping yourself out, well, then you need to change that behavior. Yes. You know, and, and just, just try, try to keep moving forward because Lord knows we've had enough, you know, this year is, I mean, again, 61 years old, talking to my 88-year-old mother. I mean, she's never seen anything like this. If somebody, you know, I, 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 did, I put something up in, in Facebook the other day that I'd shared it, so I can't take credit for it. But um, this country's made it through a lot of things and we got a lot of things to fix. You know, I I mentioned uh, racial injustice a little while ago. That certainly is, we're not even close, but, but this country has been through the depression and and things like a plague, you know, a plague, a heck of a lot worse than this one we're going through now. And we made it, you know, we've made it, we've sustained. And so I, you know, a lot of time, and I think a lot of it has to do with media and media's influence. You know, you got to watch uh, getting too influenced by by some of the negative media. You know, I think too many people get wrapped up in that. And I, and again, I think not to get too political. I think we saw that last weekend or last week. Um, they just, you know, they they just don't see an end in sight. And there's there's better things going to happen. You just got to keep moving forward, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Great advice, folks. My coach, my friend, Coach Kevin Yaksaw. Give it up for him one more time here, folks. I appreciate you having me, man. You've been amazing. So, folks out there, if you are someone who has a story of overcoming, 
we want to hear from you. Please go to tawatson.com, share with us your story. Uh, please be sure to go on and subscribe to our podcast, Resilient Stories. Download this episode, review it, share with your folks on social media. Social media. If you're uh, looking to be a sponsor, we'd love to hear from you. Always looking for great sponsors out there. And again, I want to thank you guys for your time today. God bless. Peace. And do so. Yours truly, <laughs> Dr. Watson. My-